You're listening to Simperance Radio, episode number 203, and today we break down another common health lie. This one is, there's something inherently wrong with me, I'll never be healthy. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. And today, we are breaking down another common health lie that I think will help you do all three of those things, like get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. This is a mindset one, which stems from a lot of external stimuli and belief systems that we've built. But in the process, I will be giving you practical tips that you can go and use to overcome this lie because I absolutely believe it's a lie that there's something inherently wrong with you and that you will never be healthy. Like that is a lie if I've ever saw one because we were born in health. Now, will we always be free of health? I mean, of course, we're always gonna have hardships and struggles and we're gonna encounter complications and maybe some illness. But overall, I don't think that we have to have a diagnosis as a life sentence or a death sentence. And I certainly don't think that we have to live strapped to this belief that, as we are right now, is as good as it gets. Like, I think that there is more to life than that. So that's what we're going to talk about today on the show. Now, as you know, I just kind of started this mini series on breaking down common health lies because I realized how many questions I got surrounding these quote unquote truths that I wanted to overcome. Last week on the show, episode number 202, we broke down the lie that calories in equals calories out. Now, we talked all about calories and really what matters more than just how much you consume is what your body does with it. Now, today is kind of a play off of that because today's message is exactly a a relation to what your body does with what you do to it. Now, I don't want to get into this yet because I have a few other announcements, but it really all pulls together. So if you didn't listen to last week's show, which was extremely popular, I was pleasantly surprised, but I want you to go back and listen to that. Because it really does matter. So again, that's episode number 202, the lie that calories in equals calories out. Now, as always, don't forget, you can find all of the information on today's show and all the other podcasts I have over on the blog at SimperitzWellness.com. For today's show notes, you can find them at SimperitzWellness.com backslash 203, where I share a little bit more information about this and some take-home steps that you can start to implement these practices so that you can take action on them and see change. Like, that's the whole idea. But before we get started, I do have a few announcements. Now, last week on the show, I mentioned I was coming back to personal consulting, and I am so pumped. Yes, I now have a few spots left to help walk you through this journey of making health who you are, not just another thing you do. Now, I took a short break uh, from consulting, actually longer than short break from counseling, really to just finally get myself well. Like I really thought I had to step away from all of this stuff that was kind of confusing me and creating chaos in my mind and just take a few steps back to understand, okay, what is or does it mean to be healthy? Like what does that look like? And as I started walking through this process and learning and understanding and really just stepping away from all of this stuff that I had learned and I had researched and just look at the body as a whole, as a whole of the mind, body, and soul, I learned some fascinating and tremendous things which brought me to this series on health lies and also brought me back into the consulting world. 
Because I believe that you, as you are, are individual and personal and unique and you need someone who is willing to come to you as you are and meet you right where you are to help walk you through this process. And that's what I want to do. So I thought it would be a huge disservice to not help you knowing what I've learned over the course of the last few years and my healing journey. So I'm coming back. I don't have any packages. This is just appointment by appointment based on what you need. I really just want to meet you where you are, not put you in a box. So if you want to learn more about personal consulting, head on over to simperitswellness.com, click on the work with me tab and start to fill out that application and we'll get the ball rolling. In addition to that, if personal consulting is maybe not your thing, but you want to dig deeper into just understanding your body and how this all works, like creating freedom from health, gaining more energy, losing weight, feeling good, and getting your mind to be wrapped up in all of this, then I have something for you. Yes, I'm going back to how Simple Roots started, and that is teaching classes. And I am launching an eight-part class that walks you into health through combining the mind, body, and soul into the -the state-of-the-art, highly researched class that has really never been taught before. And I'm gonna bring it to you and teach it to you, all the truths that I've uncovered and learned and really to make this personal for you. The class is called Health Made Simple and I really wanna break it all down. You can find all of the details and exactly what you're gonna learn in this eight-part class over at sumbrettswellness.com. It's gonna be plastered on the homepage, so make sure you check it out. Now, here's the deal, though. I'm only taking a limited number of spots because I wanna make this as unique and personal as possible, and the registration deadline ends in less than two weeks. (laughs) So you're gonna wanna jump the ball on that one if you wanna get involved in that. So if you wanna be a part of Health Made Simple, the eight-part class, make sure you head to sumbrettswellness.com and check that out. Okay, for now, Let's get back to the podcast and break down this lie that there's something inherently wrong with me. I hear all the time the same quote, I've tried everything and nothing works. What is wrong with me? Now, I think that this lie is stemmed from a lot of different places. And I think that there's this underlying belief or message that's floating through the health system that does not help anyone. And it's this concept that you are the problem. Every single diet, every diagnosis makes you believe that you have a problem and you are the problem. And if you can't figure out a way to fix that problem, then what are you? Like, what are you left with? Other than feelings of guilt and shame and uncertainty and obviously sabotaging all joy and all happiness out of our life, right? Like I see so many people so strapped to their health and their outward appearance and their symptoms and diagnosis that they can no longer walk into any kind of hope that there's a life on the other side of all this, that this does not need to be your life sentence or your death sentence or whatever you want to call it. This is not you. It may be a season of what you're walking through. It may be a trial or a a hardship. Um, It may be something that has happened, but it doesn't have to define who you are. And I think this underlying message that runs through our health system is that once you get slapped with the diagnosis, once you become overweight, that that is who you are. Like that has become a label to who you are. Start to describe yourself. Do this out loud. I am Alexa Sherm. I am 32 years old. I'm a mom of three girls. I'm a wife. I'm a nutritionist. I am an athlete. I'm a runner. Clearly, those sound like really great things, right? Right. 
But at the same time, I think we unconsciously also slap a lot of labels on. I'm a nutritionist, but... I have, I've struggled a lot with my health. I'm a nutritionist, but I still have 15 pounds to lose for my health scare. It could be for you. I'm filling your name and I'm a yo-yo dieter or I've tried every diet in the books or I have Lyme's disease or I have cancer or I have MS or I have an autoimmune disease, right? We have all these labels and it's not to say that the labels or the diagnosis isn't important, but what is most important is that you don't let that become your ending story. And you know that this can be a really hard message. Our belief shape our action. Like I think on some level, we all want to be healthy, but there's a large percentage of people who have this underlying belief that it can't happen for me. Like we're playing this game of wanting to, but not really believing it, meaning our actions are constantly in war with our mind. We want to do the right thing. We want to eat the right foods. We want to work out and move our body. Like we want to be healthy, but we can't seem to ever make it work. Now, again, the underlying message is you don't have enough willpower. You're just too overweight or too unhealthy to be able to do those things. We have these underlying messages that say you're too busy or your life's too out of control. You're not working hard enough. You need to hustle more. You're just lazy. All of these messages that come in and flood us when really we have this innate desire to be healthy, we just have the underlying belief that there's something wrong with us. So I think that we have to go back to where is this underlying story coming from? Like, what are we holding on to and believing about ourselves that is unnecessary and it's actually harming us and stopping us from moving forward? We're here because we're holding on to so many things that we can't be released into something bigger and better for ourselves. We're limiting ourselves by holding on to all of these stories that we've told ourselves and we're creating a life sentence based on them. These things have come to define us and therefore because of that, this is what we've allowed ourselves to fixate on. And when we're so fixated here on this problem that society has told us that we have or that we've created for ourselves, Like we're never allowed to see a solution because when you're so fixated on the problem, right? Like when your eyes are so focused in on, oh my gosh, this is who I am. This is what I am. When you're fixated on the pain of that, you're trapped inside this box that doesn't allow you to step outside and see, oh, the solution is there. And maybe it's closer than I even realized. So we have to allow ourselves to stop fixating here our problems and open ourselves up outside of that to create a new story based on who we really are. So when you're fixating on our problems, you'll never be allowed to change because we'll never see the solution. So I think the big point that I want to drive home to this is that we have to stop fixating on our symptoms. Yes, I know they're there and we need to be aware of them. They're very critical biofeedback signals to our body, but they're nothing more than that. It's our body's way to communicate to you that, hey, something's going wrong. It's not the end-all, be-all. You have symptoms, but you are not your symptoms. And by fixating on the symptoms, we lose sight of the source of true healing. And that's where we want to go. So I just want to share a little bit of my journey and why I'm telling you this. Because this seems so unnatural for a nutritionist to be telling you all of this stuff. But I had two instances that were very real in my healing journey. One was more mindset-based and one was more physical-based. I shared a couple weeks ago in episode number 201 on my healing journey and, and just where I've come from that I struggled with a lot of 
really horrible problems going on inside my body. I was wrecked. I had crashed. I had a cancer scare. I had totally forgotten that. I also was in um, the beginning stages of kidney failure. That was just a side note that I apparently have locked out of my memory. Anyways, all of these things were just happening and I was really barely functioning. I was on the verge of having something really horrific happen to my body. Luckily, it was caught in time, not by me, um, by someone else who noticed me in this state and said, hey, you need to get help now. Anyways, as I was going through treatment, about a year and a half into getting treatment, I was feeling much better, but I really didn't feel like I was capable of ever getting well. Like at some point I knew I was now functioning, like I was kind of out of the critical state and more into this maintenance state. However, I wasn't healthy. I was like in this weird state between critical and thriving, which is what I call just surviving. And it was here that I really started to create this belief of, man, what if I never get well? Like what what if this is the best there is now? Like what if this is as good as I'm going to get? And I kind of started to have these feelings of panic and overwhelm and is this going to be my life now? And I really started getting trapped into this. Like I found myself so dependent on my treatments that I couldn't go more than a couple of weeks without them. And I'm not saying that that wasn't helpful or necessary, but at some point I had this moment of thinking, okay, I feel like on some level I have to believe that I'm capable of getting well. I think for so long, this became my story. Oh, you have Lyme disease. You were in the beginning stages of kidney failure. Uh, You have lymphatic problems. Like you have all of these problems, problems that I fixated on. And at some point I read a book, I think it was called The Biology of Belief, that I started to recognize that what I was telling myself was creating my path. Outside of however many things I wanted, I was fixating on a path that was getting me nowhere. And so I decided one day, I I remember telling my husband, I'm going to get well. Like, I know my body is capable of getting well. I just have to give it the space that I need. And it was in that moment that I stopped fixating on my symptoms. They were there. I still had to work on them. I was still going to my appointments every few weeks. But I started to see outside of them. And what I found when I started looking outside of them is how much trauma I was actually holding on to. I started to see other things that were influencing my life that I had never dreamed possible. Because as you know, I was eating all the right foods, I was moving well, and I still crashed. Like I literally was doing everything right and I crashed and burned. And so for me, it took all of that and me recognizing that I am making a choice, either one, to be strapped to my symptoms and to fixate on this problem for the rest of my life, or I'm going to choose to figure out a way to get my body well. I'm going to choose to believe that my body is capable of living a healthy life. It might not be what's in the past, but I don't need to go to the past because I believe that there can be something better out there. I just had to become unchained to that. No, it didn't happen right away. But what it did do was it created an awareness inside of me. Like I became aware for the first time that what I was believing was having an impact on my body. And in this process, I started reading more books, books on forgiveness. I started going to counseling and I started to really recognize the impact of my mind. And eventually my soul or my belief system was having on the entire course of my life. Like my body was a direct relation to the health of my soul and my mind. Like it's a byproduct. And here we are spending so much time. In fact, 
$13 trillion is estimated to go into the healthcare industry this year alone into this act of prevention. But here's the thing. $13 trillion is going into how we eat and how we should move our body. Very few of it is going into the things that are really critically changing our body. And that's our soul and our mind. So it was in the process these last few years of really learning that I was just holding on to so many negative things that was sucking the life out of me. Literally, the energy was just being sucked out of me and it wasn't allowed to heal my body in the way that my body needed it to heal. And it was through this process of understanding forgiveness and the things that I was holding on to and that my body and my cells were holding on to this stuff that I finally started to release and start to see a new picture, like a picture of hope, of of living free of health. It's not what we do, but it's just a part of who we are, like something that we don't even really have to think about. It just becomes us. And that's what I've learned over the last few years. So I know that was long, but I really want you to get this idea that we have an underlying story. And if we stay fixated on the symptoms and the fixated on the fact that we have a problem, we're never going to allow ourselves to see the solution because we have to get outside of our symptoms to see the source. And it's in that source that healing really comes. And really, you have to believe that you can become the solution. Like you are the only one that can fix you. And I had to believe that for myself. The treatment was helping, but it was helping to maintain me. It wasn't fixing me. Um, And really, it wasn't about fixing me, but it was about filling me. And that was a huge transition that I had to go through. How all of this relates to your body, because we want to know, like, again, going back to your health and breaking down the concept of, I have something inherently wrong with me, I'll never be fixed. So if we bring this back to your body, like, we can talk all day long about nutrition changes and what is good for you. But if your mind and soul are in the right place, none of that matters because your body is a byproduct. It's not the starting point. So we have to stop treating our health as only our body. And we start to start recognizing that that is simply a byproduct of everything else that is going on in your life. Like your mind and your soul is a driving force behind you. But if we go back to our body, I think that we have to recognize that health is not defined by any kind of shape or size. Yes, of course, we have obesity markers that um, are, are linked to all these kinds of diseases. But if we bring it back into a spectrum of health, we have a whole range of weights and sizes and heights and genders and races that are within the health spectrum. Like I think for so long, we've identified health as this very small set of numbers, right? Like a number on the scale, a size of the genes, and it's either or. It's like 115 to 145 pounds. Health is there. But our reality is, is that some people, whether based on genetics, how they were designed, their culture, uh, their family history, a lot of these influences come into play that just create our structure. Like our structures are all different and therefore we will carry different amounts of weight. Now, it doesn't mean that one is any healthier than the other weight. It's finding what's healthy for you. And this is what matters. Now, unfortunately, we have all these outer appearances or these outer stimulus that have directly affected our view of health, right? Like we believe that our appearance is health. Sum up health based on our appearance or a number or a size of genes, like that is what most people strive for. 
Unfortunately, that is a very false picture of what health actually is. And in fact, your outer appearance isn't going to change until your inner body is actually healed. So weight loss is a byproduct of health. You can't lose weight to get healthy. Like it's it's first health and then weight loss. And so if we come back to this place of understanding, there's no two bodies that are exactly the same. Every person has a different structure, is going to carry a different relation of uh, muscle mass and water and fat and all for different reasons. So we can't quantify people into numbers because it's a really false perspective of what is healthy for you. Now, I do think there's some quantifying numbers that can matter, right? Like some blood labs and things like that. But when we get into weight and BMI, it's really a false look of what's actually happening inside of the body. Because you can have really thin people with a really low BMI that are extremely unhealthy. And you can have people who are maybe uh, on the quote-unquote overweight side and have a high BMI, and those people can be really, really healthy, We can't just look at those numbers and quantify ourselves as either overweight or obese. We really have to come back to our place and understand, okay, what is a healthy weight for me? Like, what is a healthy stature or body representation for me? For me personally, I'm on the more muscular side. I'm a little more stout, right? Like, I'm just not naturally stick thin. Um, I just have more mass to me. And so being unrealistic with a goal weight can set me up for failure. I could probably push my body there, but it wouldn't be healthy. And that's the thing when we get so stuck on weight is that we can create all these numbers and ideas about what is healthy in our minds. But ultimately, when we get there, if it's not healthy, you're just going to go back to where you started and maybe even higher. So we have to learn to work with our body and to work with our body. We have to understand what is healthy for our body. So we have to get a clear picture of what is healthy for you. So if you want to take the first step in any health journey, I think it really is starting to write out and sketch out what does a healthy you look like? What does she look like? Or what does he look like? What do you weigh? Um, What clothes do you wear? What activities are you doing? What foods would you eat? What makes you feel good? I think so often we fixate again on the wrong things that we lose sight of the things that actually are going to drive this home. And that's just simply looking at like, hey, what are the basics of what makes me feel good? And how could I do more of those? So again, getting outside of weight to understand that there's a lot at stake here and a lot at play here. And we can't quantify someone just based on a number pendulum, but really come to a place of, okay, this is what is healthy for you. We also have to understand that throughout the course of life, your weight might yo-yo a little bit. And that's perfectly natural and okay. For me, it definitely has through babies, through illnesses, but it doesn't mean that I have to stay at that weight. It's where my body needed to be in order to maintain health. My body didn't just decide one day like, hey, I'm going to gain 20 pounds just because, you know, I want to be a villain and I want to wreck your life. No, no, no. Right. My body decided that in the, the thick of my illness, that the best thing that it could do for myself was to put on some extra weight. It was a survival mechanism. It was what my body thought was best. And at some point, I have to respect what it did. And in that respect, I also have to learn, okay, now what does a healthy weight look for me? Outside of where I think I want to go, what would be healthy for my body? And how can I work with my body to achieve that? See the difference there? Like it's not beat my body into submission. It's not restrict all the calories I can. It's not do anything possible to get at this weight. It's like, hey, I see you, I respect you, and I know that you are looking out for me and want the best for me, and I just want to do whatever that means. 
It's coming to a place of awareness. And I think when we come to that place of awareness, we have to be willing to take a few steps back. (laughs) I've had to do this numerous times. And my health journey and my mindset journey, like this is a side note, but I'd been going through counseling for a while and just felt like there was just still something more that was holding me back. And I sat down in the chair one day and she's like, you know, what what do you want to work on today? And I said, I want to know what is wrong with me. What is stopping me? Everyone says that there's something wrong with me, that I have a problem that needs to be fixed. What is my problem? What is that one thing that I need to be fixed? And I went into this whole story about how I had actually convinced myself to believe that something so traumatic must have happened to me at some point in my life that I had actually blocked it out. And I just wanted her to tell me that there was some kind of underlying problem that I needed to bring up, deal with, and be done with it. Well, of course, my stories that I create for myself never come to be because it's just false information. But what she did say was, you don't have one big traumatic event. In fact, very few people have one big outstanding traumatic event that have caused a a complete change in course of their life. She's like, what you have is a lack of confidence. And I was like, what? Like, put on the brakes. This is not what I wanted. She's like, not very assertive. You let people run the conversation. You say sorry way too many times. And she's like, and I really don't think that you love who you are. I think you think God made a mistake with you. And I just started sobbing and it hit me. Like all along, I was looking for one big thing that had caused all this. Like I wanted to be the victim. (laughs) I wanted it to be something else and I just had to deal with that, right? Like I had to package it up and get rid of it and move on with it. But what I learned through that was that it wasn't some big problem that I was the problem. Like I had created the problem for myself. And the only way that I was going to fix that problem was by believing a new story about myself. And so I'm going to give you five steps of confidence at the end of this because it matters. But again, I was so fixated on the problem that I missed the source of healing. First, I had to take a few steps back to understand what are the things that are hurting me? What are the things that I'm doing to other people to hurt other people? What are the ways that I'm creating a story that is so outside of where I want to go or what I want to do with my life? I think we're so fixated on these problems that we live this life that we don't want to live and we do all these things that make us feel guilty and shameful when really we just want to do the right thing. But because we're so consumed in it, we can't actually see the full picture enough to give our mind and our body space to do that right thing. Like really, to simplify all of this, we're just out of balance. We're so extreme focused that we don't even know what balance is. In fact, I did a a Google search on balance and the majority of the articles that came up were balance is overrated, balance is out of style, balance is unrealistic. You don't need balance, you just need wholeness all of these negative articles about balance. We villainize balance. And and trust me, I get this. Like for a long time, I'm like, there is no balance. My life is overworked here and I don't have enough time to spend with my kids. And there is no perfect balance. Balance isn't this set standard that's perfectly weighed on either side. Balance is this homeostatic response to the body of this just centeredness of where you just feel whole and aware and present right where you are. And I think in order to achieve this balance, we really do have to step back and we have to understand how much energy we're putting into the extremes. 
an example of this, just to give you something to to visualize here, right? Take, for instance, a pendulum. And so what a pendulum is, is essentially it's just a system of weights that when you raise one up and you drop it, it hits the other weight and it goes up. And what we know by science is that if you raise one side of the pendulum up 30 degrees, it will go in the opposite direction, the exact 30 degrees. And the pendulum will keep swinging back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until slowly it stops. And when it stops, it's back at center. And guess what? At the center place, it requires no force. It's just there. And all of the moment, it's just there. It's not working. It's not doing anything but just being there. Now, I want to relate this to our body because I think that so many of us are like I was, that we're just putting so much energy into living in these extremes and that our pendulum is just swinging and we're just constantly wearing ourselves out when really the answer to health, lasting health, is just to be at the center where it doesn't require force. You can just be here in all of your wholeness and all of who you are, just be without any work. And that is the center where you don't have to think about what to eat. You just eat because you're hungry and you inherently know what to eat. You know when your body needs to move. You know when your body needs to sleep. Like you just live healthy because that's who you are, because you're in balance. It's not in these extremes where you're put so much energy into what I should be eating and how much I should be moving and what I should be eliminating. And you just push and push and push and give and give and give and give and work and work and work and work and put all of your energy in there. But like the law states, when you run out of that energy to hold that pendulum up on one side, it will automatically go back to the other extreme. And so we just bounce back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And all of our energy is expended. The problem is we're really not going anywhere or we're not achieving anything. And we're not really living our life to the full purpose of what we were created to live it for. And so to get healthy, we have to get ourselves back in balance. Now, balance isn't fixed in the body. It's not some static response that we just do this or we just eat this amount of calories. No, that's an extreme response on the pendulum. So is eliminating whole macronutrients and not eating enough or overeating or uh, only eating meat, right? Like all of these things are extremes. And in doing that, you have to understand that that is not lasting. It might seem like a quick fix. You might see quick results, but it is not health. Health is only found in balance. And we have to get ourselves back to understanding and accepting this concept of balance because it's here that lasting health is achieved. And the only way to understand balance is to be aware. It's to be aware of why are you doing what you're doing? What are you holding on to? What are the beliefs that you have about yourselves? Why can't you let it go? What is good for you? What makes you feel good? And it's coming back to a place of understanding and knowing that to bring your body back into balance. You see, the extremes might sound like a good idea, but the extremes are created based on your problems. The marketing industry knows how to do this. If you have a weight problem, then let's go to the extreme and see how quickly we can get you to lose it because we know we are people who are fixated on extremes. We think the edges of it are where the answers are, but really the only answers are in balance. And in fact, the reason behind this is, is because of homeostasis in your body. Like if you want to bring this back to the biological perspective, your body is constantly working to maintain homeostasis of its body temperature, of its fluid content, of your blood pressure, of your heart rate. Everything in your body has a homeostatic point and your body will fight to get there every single day. 
Now, when we live at extremes, it might appear like some things are working out in our favor externally, but internally, we're really living out of balance. And so eventually, your mind will no longer be able to overcome that because your body or your physiology will overtake that as a survival mechanism, and it will swing you back the other way. So for instance, if you've been not eating enough calories, (laughs) maybe you were sick or you didn't eat enough all week long, and then the weekend came and food was available (laughs) or you started feeling better, at the side of that food, you probably started to quote unquote overeat, right? Your body wants to bring it back in balance. And the best way that it can do that is to go to the other extreme until it slowly comes to a stop and back in balance. Unfortunately, we don't stay at center very often. We're constantly using force to pull ourselves in either direction. So our choice is, is that we can either work against our biology and we can pull ourselves to those extremes thinking that's where health lies, or we can just come back to a place of working with our bodies to create balance. And what that balance looks like is very dependent and unique upon you. Like there are some basic things We need sleep. We need hydration. We need whole foods, fruits and vegetables. We need to move our bodies. We need to have healthy relationships. We need to have connection and laughter and creativity in our life. All those things actually bring us back to balance. The problem is, is that when we fixate on the problem, we go to extremes and getting to these extremes causes mass amounts of energy to be used. (laughs) Think how much work it takes to be keto. Think how much work it takes to count calories. Think how much work it takes to fixate on your diet or to fixate on your fitness plan. And think what you could do with all of that energy if you just stopped focusing or stopped pushing all of it into the extreme. What would you do with all that energy if you had it? Not to fixate on your diet or on your health, but just to live. What would be different? And I think it's here when we stop pushing our energy outward that we actually just come to this place of, I'm just gonna eat because I'm hungry. And food no longer has the power to control us. Like we've stopped giving it that moral obligation that we have in the past. And we just do things to make our body feel well because that's our new belief. That's balance. That's wholeness. And that's where we really experience this happiness and this joy and ultimately health. So how do we get our pendulum to stop swinging? Clearly, this sounds easier than it probably is because of this fixation on our problems. And the health industry loves to grab your problems, right? Like it's made weight a problem and it's made sugar a problem and all these things. And so we've pushed it to the side. And I'm not saying any of those are good, right? But in balance, they're all great. Even take water, for instance. Not enough is a bad thing, but too much can also be deadly. We need a balance. Not eating enough can be deadly. Overeating can be deadly. We need a balance. Not sleeping enough can be deadly. Oversleeping can definitely be harmful. We need a balance. So it's really all about balance. So we have to stop believing that the extremes are going to solve our problem. And the only way to do that is to stop fixating on your problem. You might have a whole lot of symptoms that are going on. Remember, those symptoms are your body signaling. They're not your life sentence. We have to learn from them and grow from them and heal them, but we don't have to fixate on them. And when we take a few steps back, we can maybe start to evaluate, okay, what is causing these symptoms? How can I start to deal with the source of what that is and provide for it in the way that it needs? So I think first we have to be willing to take a few steps back from our life, from our relationships, from everything that's going on and to analyze, to be aware. What is causing me more harm 
What am I choosing to fixate on? And is this the truth? And I think once we take a few steps back, then we can start to sort through, like, is this worth holding on to? Is this worth believing? Is this worth doing? Because you're putting a lot of energy into a lot of things and you want to make sure that they are worth every ounce of every form of effort that you put into it. So you need to start letting go. There are so many things that we hold on to that are not worth the energy that we give them, like not worth it at all. This has been so hard for me um, as I tend to like hoard a little bit more resentment. If you listen to the podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, you know, I struggle a little bit with anger, but I realized, you know what? All of that is not hurting anyone any more than it's just hurting myself. Just like forgiveness. You know, we often think that forgiveness is for the other person, but forgiveness is more for ourselves than it is anyone else. So we have to understand that all this stuff that we're choosing to hold on to because we think we're going to prove a point or we think it's worthy or um, we don't want to give in to what else has happened or whatever it is, right? We need to start letting go of that stuff because the more you hold on to it, you will hold it on in literal physical pounds. I promise you that. The next thing is you have to start believing that you are the solution. You are not the source of the healing, but you are the solution. So start believing that you are the only one that can fix yourself. No one else can. And then start creating healthy rhythms, right? Like once you take a few steps back, understand what is a healthy me and what is one or two things I can start doing that make me feel really good. You might learn I'm just emotionally eating because I'm so fixated on the stress in my life that I can't overcome that. But if you take a few steps back, you might recognize that stress isn't worth the energy I give it. And when you stop giving it energy, you stop needing energy from food, which by the way, the energy from food really doesn't feel emotional energy well. That's why you keep eating and eating. But you see like last week when I talked about that there are a lot of other forms of energy in the body, stress takes a lot of energy and it makes you really hungry. So if we stop giving power to all of our stressors in life, we stop needing to feed those stressors with food we just naturally change. Again, our body becomes a byproduct to the healthy changes that we're making in our mind and our soul. And then finally, let go of the definition that you've created about health or that someone has created for you and start to step into what is a healthy vision for you? What does a healthy you look like? I really want you to take out a piece of paper and start writing down some things about what that is. Like, what does that person look like? Again, what do they weigh? What are they doing? How are their relationships? Start to see what a healthy you looks like and from that, create your rhythms based on that. Now, I know that there's one thing for certain and that is the only way to achieve lasting health, it's through balance. Balance is by being aware of yourself, taking those steps back, letting go what you don't need to hold on to and starting to learn what you can fill your body with because you don't need to be fixed as much as you need to be filled. And that is the truth behind all of this. Now, again, I think when it comes to balance, there are some really critical things that we need to know in order to achieve balance, like the zoomed out approach about how our body works, the influence of our mind and our soul. Like I mentioned in the beginning, I have an entire eight part course that's gonna break this down in a very simplified manner. So if you wanna learn that and learn what does a balanced you look like, check out that course because I'm going to help you do that personally. Again, that can be found at semperitswellness.com. But outside of that, I think that we just have to come back to having the confidence in ourselves to believe that we are capable of achieving health. We have to believe it for ourselves. And it's in that soul belief that you gain the confidence to know that you can go out and try things. You can experiment. You can trust yourself enough to believe that health 
It's just you day in and day out choosing to walk in it. It's choosing to make those little switches in your life, those simple shifts in your mind and your rhythms that will change the course of your life. It's not some big monumental thing like I was looking for in my counseling, but it really is these simple shifts that you create inside your mind that help you live aware. And it's when you're aware, then you can just eat because you're hungry and stop before you're even stuffed. Like you just, you you can do all of the things that you need to do and health just becomes a part of who you are. So when we end this, I, I promise you, I would leave you those steps of confidence because I think there are four really hard truths to being more confident. And I think it's living in this confident that you can stop letting your symptoms become your story and you can create a story based on what you were purposed here for. And so those four steps of confidence, one is you have to admit and own who you are. So you have to say like, hey, here I am. This is who I am. And I'm going to be okay with that. Like I'm going to meet me right where I am, which means you have to admit and own all of your past mistakes, where you've been, your past stories, and you have to be willing to just let that all go. Like own who you are, admit your mistakes and be confident in that. Number two is that you have to trust yourself. Now, this is really hard for me, or it was. This is getting a lot easier. And I promise you, this builds very quickly. Because when I first started, I was like, oh, those all sound really great, but they're a lot harder to do. But I promise, once you start doing it, it's kind of that natural drive for your body to keep doing it. And so you have to trust yourself and trust your gut. And this is the whole, you know, kind of like I had to have a healthy soul in order to do this because it's in our conscious that the Holy Spirit works. And so I think that our conscious is often talking to us and on some level, trusting your gut um, is trusting the guidance from the Holy Spirit and God. Um, Anyways, I think that it's really important that we learn to trust that inner guidance in our lives and to trust it as true and to not question it all the time. Because if you're constantly questioning everything that you do, what you're doing is you're creating a story based on that, that you'll never be good enough that you'll never be able to fix this, that you'll always have a problem, right? Again, you're allowing your mind to fixate on the problem. So you really have to trust yourself and trust your gut. That means in the health world that you have to trust that you don't have to do those extreme measures. You have to trust that balance is really where you need to go. You have to trust the right next thing that you do and start to regain that trust with yourself because your body knows that. Like Dr. Lloyd said, We can tell ourselves all day long different things and different stories, but if they're not true, our body knows that. And I know that sounds bizarre, but every single cell in our body knows when we're telling it the truth and when we're telling it a lie. So if we're just going to feed ourselves lies all day, our body's just going to keep shutting down. But if we open up to the truth and we start trusting our body, we really do open up those cells and change our biology. So again, number one is admitting and owning where you are. Number two is trusting yourself. And number three is being willing to take a risk, to go out and live, to do it, whatever that is, to live your purpose, to do something more with your life, to um, maybe the risk is simply to stop counting calories or stop eating keto. Like maybe there's trust or taking a risk and building a relationship. Take a risk. Show yourself that you trusted enough to get outside of yourself. Really, that's what we have to do is to get outside of ourselves. And number four is stop looking for reassurance the hardest step for me because somewhere along the lines, I believe that if someone else told me, then surely it would have more weight for me, right? Like, then I would believe it. 
truth is, reassurance doesn't help. Sometimes it only makes the problem worse. Yeah, there's some level of it's nice to hear that, hey, you look great or or whatever, but you don't need that reassurance and you shouldn't rely on that reassurance to give you confidence. You should be confident regardless of what anyone else tells you or says about you because their words don't have the weight that you're looking for anyways. In fact, like I said, they can feed the problem. So those are some four steps of confidence that I want you to write down. I wrote them down on a note card and I just pulled them out every day. I just reminded myself of these things and I just challenged myself every day in those choices to take a few steps back to recognize I was in a moment where I could either be confident or lack confidence and understand, okay, what is one step that I can take today to be more confident in myself? And in that confidence, I promise you, comes an entirely new perspective and outlook on who you are, like an entirely new love for yourself that maybe you've forgotten. Because I think really when it comes down to all this, like if we sum this all up, I think when we fixate so deeply on our problems, what we're really doing is we're telling ourselves, hey, you're not worthy of being loved. You're not, you're not worthy of anyone loving you. You're not worthy of health. You're not worthy of living your passion. Like, you don't have what it takes. You can't be loved. You're unlovable. And, and I believe that in myself. And I was never told that. You know, like, I always had the utmost confidence. This was lies that I had built on myself. These were pressures I had mounted on myself. This was my own doing. And the only way I was going to get out of it was my own doing, Right. And so the more confidence you have, the more you say to yourself, hey, I love you. You are worthy of love. You are worthy of being loved. You are loved. And that's a good thing. And we need to step into that and live that because it is absolutely true. Like we don't love other people to get love. We we only love because we were first loved by God, our creator, right? Like we are loved by him and it's in that love that we can go out and love other people. And it's in that love that we can love ourselves. So on some level, we have to stop seeing ourselves as the world sees us and sees ourselves as a creator sees us. And what would change if we actually started to view ourselves in that kind of love and that kind of confidence? Then, then we could go out and recognize that health was never intended to be our life purpose. It was intended to be a tool to drive us into our purpose. So I want you to know you are loved. And I want you to really deep down inside, tell yourself that you can be loved and that the most loving thing that you can do is love and respect yourself. Okay, these podcasts have gotten really (laughs) long-winded. I'm so glad you stuck it out. Clearly, I mean, a little passionate about this stuff, right? Because it's my whole health journey. Like I said, you can learn more about the show and understanding the pendulum and the energy swings and how to create a new story over at SimperitsWellness.com. You do not have something inherently wrong with you that prevents you from being healthy. Those are lies. And we have to stop fixating so much on the symptoms. And we just have to learn how can we fill ourselves? You are not the problem. You just need to be filled. So go back to those basics and head on over to the show notes where I give you some ways that you can start to fill yourself. Again, don't forget to start writing down what does a healthy you look like? Because I think in that you will start to pick up on little points that you could do in your everyday life that will really fill you up and catapult you into a life of health where you don't have to do it, but it just becomes who you are. Again, you can learn all about that in the show notes at semperitswellness.com backslash 203. Also... Don't forget to sign up for that course or personal consulting where we can make this personalized to you. Now, next week on the show, I do have an interview and it is fascinating and it's all about intermittent fasting versus prolonged fasting 
It's gonna blow your mind. It blew mine, and I can't wait to share it with you. Then the next week, we're gonna break down a lie associated with your hormones. So stay tuned for that. I will be back here next week with a very special episode. In the meantime, don't forget, you are loved.